Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Um, as far as McNeil getting drilled is concerned, I, I'm getting tired of this. I'm getting, and I, and I brought this up on the Rico after game one. I brought it up to open the show. Tiki and I did on Wednesday as well. I'm getting sick and tired of Mets being drilled and sick and tired of doing nothing about it. Like do something, do something. Francisco Alvarez is luckily okay, and that's great. Our biggest fear is that this would turn into Pete Alonso part two. But Jeff McNeil also looked pretty exasperated. Exasperated? Exasperated. Whatever. After Radon hit him in the back. He looked tired of it, too. He looked angry at it. And they didn't do a freaking thing. Not a thing. Dan Figiani writes in the email to the Rico B at gmail.com. Buck's response to why they didn't retaliate to Jeff getting hit. Quote, two wrongs don't make a right. Well, how about 137 wrongs in the last two years? And we wonder why we get walked over and bullied year after year. Pathetic. It's very tough to argue with what Dan is saying. I'm not able to be convinced that the Mets lost in Atlanta last year because they get pushed over. But the Mets have proven in their responses this year and their lack of ever doing anything when guys get hit that they are a very soft team, that they have a glass jaw. This whole season's been a glass jaw year. Their performance in Atlanta was a glass jaw series. And their responses every time they get hit to just have the manager put his hands in his pocket and look sternly towards the field is doing nothing. And two wrongs don't make a right. Yeah, what does drilling Giancarlo Stanton do? It may not accomplish anything, but after a while, you've got to try something. Because it, it, it happens all the time. All right, let's get to some more of your emails. Casey writes, when's the last time the team hit lefties? 2006? Here's the main point. There's six games under 500, soon to be seven. He wrote this right as the game was ending. And yet the door is wide open for this club to make a run, but they refuse to take any ounce of momentum. If it's not bad starting pitching, it's defense. If it's not defense, it's the lack of clutch ABs. And if I have to hear about bad luck one more time, I'm going to lose my mind. I don't care if you hit the ball 674 miles per hour. A hit is a hit, and out is an out. Enough. I don't even know why I'm still upset about this team. Maybe it's the fact that they've had 
Maybe it's the fact that all they had to be was not putrid, which is very true. Didn't have to be great. Didn't even have to be good. Just not terrible. My mind says sell, but sell what? Fam for a single A prospect we'll never see. No, thanks. Just play this damn thing out. Put him, put Danny Mendick out the pasture. And for the love of Christ, call up Mauricio. This is absurd. I mean, I agree with a lot of what you're saying. I, if you get a marginal prospect back for a Tommy Pham or a Marcana, okay, because I think those guys being traded creates the opportunities you want for a guy like Ronnie Mauricio specifically, even for Mark Vientos. I, I think you all of a sudden maybe think differently about sticking Beatty in the outfield and Vientos at third, though Vientos at third base did not look good in this game. I mean, he did not look good. We haven't seen him play much of the outfield either, but his error on the Harrison Bader infield single was pretty significant. I mean, that basically led to the insurance run the Yankees scored. Can I just say something? And I'm, I'm a broken record, but you just nailed something that it's really pissing me off. Viento what? doesn't look very good at third base, right? Okay, that's fine. Beatty hasn't looked great at third base. Nobody looks good anywhere. Half the time. The defense has been shoddy, but continuously we're told the Alvarez situation being called up and Mauricio being called up. I mean, like, I'm tired of them making excuses of the of the reason why guys can't be can't be called up is because of the defense. Meanwhile, the guys that are on the team can't play defense either. It's it's very confusing the uh the hypocrisy they have, I'll say. Yeah, I, I think with Mauricio um, it's probably the fact that the positions he's playing, he's still learning. But you're right. I mean, Vientos isn't great at third. Vientos looks okay at first, actually. When I've seen him over there, it's not been a lot. But when he's played first base, I think he's looked decent. His third base defense is not great. I think Beatty is below average, but not awful. Um, I wonder where these guys end up position-wise. Because... Both could be options in the corner outfield right now. They don't have a left field. I mean, Mark Hanna's the left fielder, but they don't have a left fielder long-term. Kyle writes, I'm going to cut to the chase. I can't help but think this team would be a lot better off if we would just trade a key piece like David Robertson and finally wave the white flag. He knows I'm going to disagree with this, so his next wording is, hear me out. I'm going to hear him out. Maybe he's got something to say that's going to change my view. The team is playing tight, pressing, especially considering the youth who want to prove themselves. And I don't blame them. I feel as though if the team could trade a central piece like Robertson and management can finally admit we're out of it, we could at least start to be productive. Even Pete looks like he's a law atlas with the world on his shoulders. Oh, atlas. I get it. Like an atlas. Pete looks like an atlas with the world on his shoulders. I truly do think things would turn around and our guys will start playing like our guys without the backs against the wall feeling. Am I wrong? Love the pod. Um, you're wrong. You may be right, but then ultimately wrong. So what I mean by that is if the Mets sold a David Robertson, which is the piece that backbreaks the season, and guys say, oh, we're out of it, and we relax, and guys start playing better, that's great, and maybe that's the case. But here's why you'll still lose. The bullpen's going to suck. And you will lose games. You will lose multiple games that you would have won if David Robertson was closing games out in the ninth inning. I think if this team was 17 games out, I would say F it, just trade David Robertson, get a top prospect back. 
But I think as long as the National League flounders and that number, while big, is still eh, eh, doable, I have a tough time completely giving up. That And maybe I'm alone on this. Maybe I'm not in the majority on this. I, I hope I'm making clear what I'm saying here. Now, here's an exception. I don't know how much value guys have because it's a weird trade market right now. If a team offered a legitimate top 50 prospect for David Robertson, then I'd probably say, F it, I'll do it. But I don't think you're necessarily getting that. Brian writes, Evan, I'm over the Met offense. They're so inconsistent. I think third base, second base, DH, left field, right field should all be in discussion for new players in 2024. Maybe Beatty needs to be in the minors more and he'll get better. He hasn't shown anything this year. DH with the Mets was like quarterback with the Jets until they got Aaron Rodgers. Cat is a fourth outfielder and plays better as a part-time player. Marte is a walking injury. Lindor's disappeared again. Is it too much to ask for him to be hot for more than a few weeks? Yeah, I think during the offseason, there's going to be a lot of a reevaluation. Jeff McNeil is, first, and I said this a few times ago, I ain't trading him, not when his value is at its worst. But Jeff McNeil offers the value of maybe he's an everyday outfielder next year. Maybe he's a second baseman next year. So you, you definitely can reevaluate a lot of positions next year. And yeah, DH has been an issue. And, and Joe said this to me, Beningo, when we did shows together. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. I've always been one of the last voices fighting against the DH. And Joe didn't like the DH either, but at the end, he came around. And a part of why he came around to the DH uh, expanding to the National League, did I phrase everything I just said correctly? I'm anti-DH is what I was trying to say. I don't know if I expressed that well. I like the pitcher hitting. Joe came around to the DH and the NL because he thought the Mets would benefit from it. Meanwhile, the Mets DH production has been some of the worst in baseball, and they used to have good hitting pitchers. <laughs> uh, Lucas writes, final email, root for the brooms. Root for the brooms. Okay. I never root against this team, but we need to sweep either way this weekend. We sweep the Nationals, and then we can have a fringe buy at the deadline. If we get swept, we can get our middle-of-the-road prospects for Canna, Pham, and Robertson. But knowing this team, They'll win two out of three or three. They'll win two or even three out of four and no one will have a clue. I do agree. That's the likeliest outcome that they, they win three out of four. Or they split. <laughs> I, I don't see a scenario where they're buying anything unless that guy's under contract for next year. Then. Okay. We can have that discussion. We will have a more in depth trade deadline podcast. I think the way we'll do it is, they play Thursday against Washington, and they play Friday against Washington, so it's a four-game series. 
at some point late Friday night, maybe really early Saturday morning, knowing the way Pete likes to party, we will record a little bit of a recap of the first two games. We'll talk a little bit about these two games, but spend the majority of the time really getting into this trade deadline, what we would do, what we wouldn't do, who we would want to go get, if we want to get anybody, I doubt it, who we'd want to sell. So we'll go a little deeper in the deadline. So if you have any thoughts on the deadline, and I know you do, you can email us, therecob at gmail.com. We'll mix in some emails on that pod as well. Well, I'll make a proposition for you. I'm not sure how late you want to do this podcast, but I'm actually on the air Saturday morning, 2 to 6. 2 to 6? 2 to 6 in the morning. That's right. That's your new show. That's my new show. Uh, Many people have reached out and said, will Evan be joining you for a live Rico? I'm not (laughs) pressuring you. But you're more than welcome to do that. I appreciate it. 2 a.m. these days is very difficult. <laughs> it's very difficult. I was going to say, can we record at like 11 p.m. or something like that? Yes. <laughs> so I will that's be, okay. I, I will be around and record. Oh, by I the way, real, real, really quickly, and I know we'll get into this with the, the, the trade um, podcast, but the one thing I see from this team, because we talked about how mediocre they are, is there. Any like when they traded for Johannes Cespedes, he it was random. It wasn't what we expected. We didn't see him changing the momentum from this team the way it turned out. Is there someone like that even available? The the reason I don't feel that way is because in 2015 it was the lineup. Period. Stop. It was the lineup. They we knew they had the pitching. We knew it. And they even had the bullpen. I mean, Jairus Familia was having an incredible year. They made a few other moves like Addison Reed that kind of added to it, Tyler Clippard, guys like that. But it was a clear offensive issue. And adding a star in the middle of that lineup was so the thing they needed. So when they acquire Cespedes, it makes sense why it all clicked together. The problems with the Mets this year, while I've ranked the starting pitching number one, it's everything. This game, wrapping up the Subway Series, is another example of it. They did not lose because of their starting pitching. They lost because they couldn't score a run. Is there a bat that would change everything? No, because, look, the only guy that would change everything is Shohei Otani because he does multiple things. Because Otani would fix, here's this real good top-of-the-rotation arm, though his last few starts have been shaky, and here's this big-time left-handed bat that solves DH. But Otani's a unicorn. Like Otani, you could say that for a lot of teams. Yeah, go get me Shohei Otani because you're acquiring two players. And obviously, the Angels are not trading him. I would not trade for him because it's a potential rental in a year in which you're seven games back. So it would make no sense to trade for him. Um, that That's the only guy that would fit that. I, I don't think there is... A guy out there, even if the Mets were two games out, besides Otani, put him to the side because he's he's unique. I don't think there would be a guy out there that would fix their problems. I don't. See, I think the Yankees are more in that situation, in that it is so clearly their offense. It's like the 2015 Mets in a lot of ways. Not saying their starting pitching is as good, but obviously they have a guy missing in Aaron Judge. But if they went out and added another big-time bat, the Yankees could conceivably go from being this bad team that Yankee fans feel like they are right now to a team that could take off. There's no doubt in my mind. I don't say that as, you know, a Yankee fan. I say it as I'm observing them. 
I'm observing that. Like, they have a crazy stat about them, not to turn this into the uh, Mike Gallegos um, or Danny Tartable. I'm naming random Yankees that the podcast will be named after. Welcome to the Jesse Barfield. But the Yankees, when they score three runs or more, have like some absurd winning percentage. Absurd. I think that's what it was. Three runs or more. Yeah. So they don't need much to win games other than a little bit of offense. And that reminds me of the 15 bets. Like it was similar where it was the, the 15 Mets were so desperate for offense. Think about this, Mets fans. And this was only eight years ago that when we traded for Kelly Johnson and Juan Uribe, we acted as if the gods were coming down to help us. It was Kelly Johnson and Juan Uribe, but we were so excited because they looked like, because they weren't John Mayberry. Like that, that's what it was. It was like, ah, this guy's going to save us. So, no, there is not one guy that can save the Mets other than Otani, who the Angels are not trading. We appreciate you listening and downloading. Check out Petey's with uh, Sal and BT in middays, me and Tiki at 2 o'clock. Obviously, there'll be a lot of Subway Series talk, Jets and Giants and all that crap. But stick it right here with the Rico. We're giving you a lot of pods this week, the week of the trade deadline. We appreciate you listening and downloading. Rico Bronya. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Rico Bronya podcast. It's amazing, isn't it? Make sure you download it now to keep it on you at all times. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.